Personal Habit Intention Member Story with Leanne H. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Leanne. Ah, no problem. I'm so excited to get into your personal habit, but before we do that, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I am 30 years old. I am a teacher that is originally from the UK and now living and teaching in Vietnam and have been here for the past two years. That's interesting. We actually just had another module for guest who is from the UK and she's living in Australia. So it's kind of an interesting UK expat situation. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's leaving. <laughs> Brexit, I guess, is kind of uh, going the other direction as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what's your favorite thing about class so far? I think getting in touch with my intuition in a more structured way, I guess. I've always had a, a really gut feeling about a lot of decisions, um, whereas in the past, it's kind of, it's had to come up and get me rather than me tap into it. That's fantastic. So when it comes to personal habits, what area specifically within all of your habits are we focusing on today? So it's to do with eating and health specifically. I recently found out that I am intolerant to gluten, so I, I can't eat gluten anymore. So my personal habit is all around health and energy, particularly. Okay, so let's start with the optimal vision, step one. What was the intention that you set around eating? So the intention is to eat what feels good on the inside out and to exercise for energy and enjoyment. Love it. And what are the values if you want to underline those? So basically to feel good and energy and enjoyment. Why do you pick those three? Is there any reason um, one of them that's really special to you? The eating to feel good. This is something that I think was, I don't know if it was one of your intentions or it was mentioned on one of the podcasts that I listened to in maybe March or April earlier this year. And at the time, I didn't know what was causing me to feel unhealthy, uh, but I knew that I didn't feel good. And I heard that intention and it was before I'd set any other intentions and I just clung onto it. And I started that intention back then, really. And that's actually what led to me realizing that it was food that was causing me to not feel good. So for me, that now is like you said, the, the cozy sweater. It feels good to have that feel good intention. Okay, so what are the actions? So those are the values. What are the actions you want to take on a daily basis to embody those values? So to eat gluten-free food every day, uh, to meal plan and shop in advance, that's a big one, uh, to make smart food choices and to take part in social exercise opportunities and to run when it feels good. Okay. Are these kind of ongoing? Or are these in a short-term basis for a specific amount of time? These are ongoing. So hopefully this is a new way of life and will take me forward into the future. Okay. Typically, on most of the Module 4 interviews, I usually focus people into a specific time frame because usually they put a lot of objectives that are time-specific, like one-and-done situations, like, I'm going to clean out my closet. Well, you're not going to clean out your closet every single day and take everything out of it and you know decide whether you're going to keep it or not. But because eating is a daily habit that you're going to have for the foreseeable future, I think that this can work. I just would like to really say and point out for you and just for anyone else listening that our circumstances change often seasonally or even every month or every few weeks. So when they do, things that we set up and you don't have any metrics within these actions, which is again why I'm not picking on like, we have to nail this down and make this a time frame because to do so would then bring up the numbers of like how logistically you will have to think about the meal planning and shopping in advance. Like that will take time out of your day. So you're going to have to figure out how you're going to do that. And as your circumstances change, that is or is not going to be as simple or it's not going to be the same swap of time that it was the week before. But if you were going to say like running when it feels good is very different than run a marathon. And in that case, we're looking at a time frame that we got to really focus on this 18 weeks and how are you going to have the time for that specific thing. So in the future, if you do decide it feels good to run a marathon, then you could actually look at a more specific timeline and go through the same process. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I think to begin with, the meal planning and the food shopping and making sure that I'm making those smart food choices to begin with, I think is going to be more difficult and take more time. And hopefully that will become second nature. And then I guess then the focus would change. Okay. It's interesting. So you think it might take up more time now, which is something to be 
just cognizant of. Because of the awareness of it, you have the choice now to just not fight that, but expect it and find room and create space in your schedule for it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you think the outcome of these ongoing actions will be? So I hope to have increased energy day to day, to have more stable moods and emotion, and to have increased fitness and overall health. These are all so overall and so flexible and enduring that we can keep it kind of fluid like this. If you were to say, I'm going to have 10 times more energy or three times more stable moods, you know, or I'm going to be able to do three push-ups. Again, that's when we'd want to focus in just for those listening on a specific time frame. But for you, you're not really looking for a specific time frame or metrics to come from this. So that's why this all works for you. So when it comes to these ongoing actions on step two, what do you want to remove and what do you want to include? So remove is all food containing gluten (laughs) and TV time and social media time. So they're the things I'm thinking if I take those out, I'll have time to do the other thing. That's really interesting, the TV time and the social media time, because they're not even around food. But that's, I'm guessing, what what are you going to include during the social media and TV time? That's where the social exercise comes in and cooking and food shopping and meal planning. And are you going to try to totally drop TV and social media or just a partial? Just partial. I just want to be a bit more mindful about the time that I'm spending watching TV or, you know, scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of these things that actually I can waste a whole evening (laughs) just doing those things. (laughs) So I'm hoping that I can be just more mindful just to do the meal plan and the food shopping first and to plan in time for, okay, well, that's when I will have an evening off to catch up on the TV that I actually want to watch rather than the mindless flicking, which I guess that's how I would categorize the TV time that I have now. Is there anything in the overlaps of the two circles in the Venn diagram? Is there anything that you're doing right now that is in the optimal vision? So I do meal plan um, already and food shop. uh, It's the cooking time that I haven't been sticking to. And then the exercises. So I I have planned to complete body pump classes and boot camp. Um, I already run and I already play netball. So I'm adding in some more exercises. And then when you're going to be doing boot camp, you're not going to be doing social media, which was the other swap that you were doing before? Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfect. What about cooking? So you said you have gotten good at the preparation part, but not so much the cooking. Cooking is interesting because it usually happens around a specific time in the evening. So what are you usually doing during that time right now? So getting her from work and having an energy slump, so just not feeling that I have enough energy to really put the time in to figure out what I should cook or what would be a good gluten-free meal and then either just reverting back to something that's really simple, really easy, but probably not that nutritious. So just going back to something really simple like cooking a quick omelette or something like that, which, you know, every now and then is fine, but if you're doing that most days, it gets a bit dull. So you get home, what does the energy slump like literally look like? What are you doing in the energy slump? You're just making the omelet? No, no, no. It would be coming home, sitting on the sofa, and then either scrolling through like social media or texting friends or sometimes having a nap when I've been feeling really unwell. I have very little energy. So I would just come home and lay, really. Okay, this is great. This is a very big setup to step three, the resistance. So here's a question. Is the gluten itself causing this energy slump? Yes. When I eat gluten, I have like quite an immediate reaction and I get a very bloated stomach and I get very hot and I feel generally unwell. I feel sick. But then ongoing from that for the next maybe 24, sometimes 48 hours, I have a real slump in energy. So I feel very sleepy. I feel grumpy. I feel like I don't want to do anything or speak to anyone. It's quite a big reaction. And as I've been tested and gone through various diets and realized that it's gluten, I can recognize it now. So at least I'm more aware of it. But when it happens, yeah, the energy slump is quite big. Okay. How long have you been doing gluten-free now? What happened was I figured out it was the gluten and then to prove that it was the gluten, you have to eat it for longer. So I went gluten-free for about four weeks, right at the beginning of summer. Felt amazing. Went to the doctors. 
then had to eat gluten for eight weeks to be tested. I'm now four weeks into my second round of being gluten-free. And has the urge to sit on the couch after work gone away? Most of the time, I would say that there's some bad habit there. Yeah. So that's interesting. So do you still feel low energy or is it just the habit of doing it? No, that's definitely habit. My energy is way better. What do you think your ego's getting? If it's not so tired anymore, what do you think it's still getting that it enjoys? You know, I really don't know because I said this on one of the, on the coaching call, my ego is a bit of a bully and I don't know if it's using the social media as like a stick to beat me with. Like I'm away from a lot of my friends and my family. They're all back in the UK. So sometimes I think it's looking at the things that I'm not doing, which could be a good thing. Like I want to use social media to keep up with those people and share the things I want to share with them and to see how their lives are going and to use it to send messages and all of that kind of thing. But I think sometimes I'm using it to see in a more negative way, like what am I missing out on? Or I'm not really sure why my ego wants that, but I think that's sometimes it. And then sometimes it's just pure laziness, like just not really feeling like I want to get up and cook or I want to figure out what would be a good thing to eat for me or what will make me feel good. Just trying to do the quickest thing possible. One thing we could say is have your, give empathy for yourself. Like you don't have to cook a four course gluten-free meal every day, right? Yeah, that's true. That's where the meal planning comes in so that I can plan in some of the easier, just heat up some leftovers or that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think that the ego, it sounds like, could easily put that on you as this expectation of every single day it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, yeah, I'm going to go look at Instagram instead too. Like it's not going to be like every day. Yeah, Pinterest. I spend a lot of time pinning like really amazing looking gluten-free food. And then by the time I've done that for an hour, (laughs) I think I don't want to cook now. Yeah, I've just looked at all the food. I haven't eaten any of it, but I've looked at it. So ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So there's kind of this idea of your ego is trying to punish you for being away from your family and friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to just see that? It's taken a little while for that to become clear. And I have to say, though, from speaking to my friends and family about that and about that feeling of being away and it, it being a bad thing, like for them, it really isn't. And they really they want me to be out here and living the life that I'm living. So I find it very strange the way that the ego works. I wish I could understand it more. It just feels like this really big juxtaposition, I guess, between I love, love, love living here in my life here and then the social side of things. I guess the loneliness of it. Although I'm not necessarily lonely, I live with my husband and I have lots of friends out here, but the loneliness of not having, you know, my oldest friends and my family. Yeah, it's actually helping you to escape the present moment, which is the only place you can actually have full joy and fulfillment is right where you are. It's telling you that where you are is not good enough, even though that thought in itself is creating what's not good enough. You have a partner there and you're traveling and doing this. I'm kind of, my ego could be super like, well, at least she has a partner to do it with, you know, where I'm going alone at the same time that it can, my ego could make a whole pity story about that, right? Poor me, poor Jess's ego for being alone in places she's never been before. Where other people that have partners and houses be like, poor Jess, she's traveling the world, like big deal. She doesn't have a partner, right? It's just the ego story that it's telling us. But what it's doing in your case and in mine, and it's someone watching both of ours and wishing that they had this situation, is that this moment I'm in is not good enough, that there could be some better moment. But the truth is we only have access to joy and fulfillment in the present moment. So this is all we've ever got. Wherever we are is what we've got to work with. And fully engaging in it gives us all of the joy and fulfillment we could ever want. And when we're in that full joy and fulfillment, given even the perceived ego limitations of it, will direct us to a next great moment. doesn't mean we're going to stay. I'm not going to be single traveling alone forever. You're not going to be necessarily in Vietnam missing your family forever in the same way. And someone sitting in their house right now with their partner wishing they were traveling is not only going to be doing that forever. So as we feel good, as we're fully engaged where we are, the flow of that will take us to other fully engaged moments as well. And whenever we're fully engaged, 
the ego falls away, and then we're not actually lacking. We recognize there is no lack. I know that's so crazy, the ego that's like, no, I need to be around my family. That's a limiting belief that says that's the only way you can experience joy, which is not true. It's so not true. It might be a very ingrained human belief at this time in society, but it's not accurate. Yeah. Okay. So with all of that in mind, it doesn't mean your ego's now suddenly changed its tune at all. What's coming up for it as we talk about this? It's funny. My ego is very decision-driven and always thinking about future. And again, on the coaching call, I I mentioned about it's time soon to decide whether to stay on or to go. And um, my ego always has this thing about wanting to know the future and wanting to know what's happening. And, And I think that right now it's saying, well, it's not long now and you'll be back there anyway. So it's kind of dismissing this whole idea. <laughs> so it's not long now. So is that it's okay to keep checking out because you're, it's not really worth fully engaging where you are? Yeah, yeah. That's like a typical ego thing for me. But then when I am back in the UK, then my ego is always thinking back to, oh, if we're in Vietnam right now, then we'd be doing this or we'd be, we'd have this opportunity and this opportunity. So it's always wanting to be in the other place. Yeah, grass is greener. Yeah, completely. 100% grass is greener. And it's your own grass that you keep flip-flopping on. It's not even like someone else's life. You're like, my life was better here or my life was better there. (laughs) It's all mine. (laughs) Right? Well, that's cool because when it's yours, you don't even have to get over the idea of the perceived sense of lack because someone else has something you don't have. So with that in mind, what do you think your ladder could be to overcome that? Because that seems to be the deeper thing that might be motivating this part of when it comes to cooking. It seems like it's just about cooking, but it's not because what you're doing instead is not about cooking. No, it's all about family and beating myself up for being away. What I've written in my homework has got nothing to do with any of this. Right? Because it's thinking, what did you think the problem and the ego was? So I just thought it was, it was just laziness. Like it's easier to eat out. It's easier to just have a little something or I deserve it because I miss it. Well, it is easier. But you know why it's easier? It's because you're so drained by all of this mental stuff going on about home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not laziness. I know that right now your ego thinks it's laziness. I think it's potentially, how does it feel to say it's homesickness or it's this transition that you're in that's actually draining you more than you're realizing? Yeah, I think that's spot on. If it was just the gluten, you'd be doing it. You'd be like, I feel great, right? I don't have to lay on the sofa right now. It's not just a physical, there's an emotional component. Yeah, definitely. And it doesn't sound like you hate gluten-free food. So it's not even around the gluten and you're like healing from that. You're fine with it. I'm so happy about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's the homesickness. Yeah, it is. And like you say, it's just that unsure sort of transition time at the minute. There's lots lots of things up in the air, lots of things that are unsure in moving forward and in going forward. And when things are emotional or stressful, that I use food to deal with that. So actually, the fact that this is linked makes complete sense. And I'm surprised I haven't figured this out already because I would either overeat or diet or massively overexercise. And I'm not doing all of those things right now. But instead, I guess what I'm doing is I'm just not putting my energy into being as healthy as I could be. I think there's another way of looking at this. Okay, so you had all of this energy and mind space going to that because you probably couldn't handle something else in your life in the past. Just speaking to my own experience, that's probably what my guess is. All right, so with that in mind, what you're doing now from what you've shared, it sounds like, is pinning hours of gluten-free recipes instead of counting calories or working out or obsessing and binge eating tons of food, right? Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something uncomfortable and painful in your life and you're seeking comfort from the pain and distraction in food just now in a totally different way that is ultimately better for your body, but is still masking the deeper issue. Yeah, that's definitely true. Now, if we say that, one of the wonderful things is there is tons of progress here. It sounds like, oh, I'm still doing the same old thing, but you're not. You're not hurting your body. No, that's true. It's healing. Yeah, you are healing your body. You're just also just wasting energy. It's not only to say waste. You are directing energy that is not actually necessary. 
And you think it's laziness. Isn't that funny? You think you're too lazy with food, but perhaps the more deeper issue is you're spending more energy on it because it's easier than dealing with the emotions that you're facing. Yeah. And actually, I'm spending more time exercising in other ways, like socially exercising. So I'm filling up my Monday to Friday with other things rather than dealing with my own thoughts and dealing with the unease. Allowing it to be there. How does that feel? I just feel like a big sigh. Like, <laughs> like oh, that's what's happening here. It's so funny that I've gone through this whole exercise and I didn't, like I've just written all this stuff down. That's the symptom. It's not the root. And actually, this is something I'm learning with my acne, I guess, have been hearing me talk about as this has come up. I realize full on that this is a symptom, not the root. It's hormones yeah. that are the cause and the acne is the symptom. But most people want to just fight the acne and make the face clear. But it's like, well, if you figure out what's causing the acne in the first place, it will stop showing up. So I'm trying to do a little bit of both at this point, to be honest. I want the face to be clear, but I also recognize I want the root to be figured out. I could say it's hormones, but I'm actually going a step deeper than that and going, why are the hormones off in the first place? And that's now where I'm looking. And it's not even just, is it food? Because for me, I'm actually looking at thoughts that could have created this in my life. Now, that's just my personal journey with this. But I think we're looking at the same for you, that this is food and meal planning and Pinterest are a symptom of a deeper thing that we think is just the laziness, but it's not. It's the homesickness and uncertainty. Yeah. And I'm not even sure. I don't know if homesickness is the right word. It doesn't feel like homesickness is. It's more an uncomfortableness with, I think, being so happy away from home, but feeling like I should be home. And then the uncertainty around the future. And this was supposed to be a short term thing, but now it's becoming more of a long term thing. And is that the right decision? And it's all of that kind of uncertainty and uncomfortableness. I think that's where the root is. I just noticed something in there. Here's something I can at least kind of shed some light on something you just said and see how you react to it. So you just said, I thought it was a short-term thing and now I'm realizing it might be a long-term thing. Now, when the ego, I'm guessing, sees that, it's like, it's only this amount of time or it's forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's only this amount of time or it's forever. And it's like, oh my God, I don't know if I can commit to forever. And I wonder if saying long-term is doing more damage and is being way more forever inducing than reality might be. Like maybe you do it for three or four years and you didn't expect to do that, or maybe you do it for 13 years, but either case, none of it is forever. It's only in this moment that you're choosing to stay or go. Yeah, it does feel like forever. <laughs> How does it feel to look like that? All right, maybe it's not forever, but it's longer than I thought. How interesting. Yeah. It's just your identity hasn't caught up with it. It might be longer than what it expected it to be. Yeah, it's already been a year longer than the original plan. There's always the plan, right? So it's, it's already a year longer. So now I'm at the point of, oh, it's time to go back now. We should go back now. Should. Should, yeah. Does it need to be the case? Are you enjoying yourself? Loving it. Why do you feel guilt around loving it? Not you, the ego. Why does the ego have guilt around it? I think because other people, they're not as happy things aren't as easy. I think things are very easy for me right now. And that's bad. I can't have a life that's different than my people that I know and love. Yeah. I need to suffer with them. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely it. What if we took that expectation off of you and recognize that you are only answering to your intuition? <sighs> my intuition's not been so helpful recently. <laughs> Well, it's just saying to keep enjoying it, right? Isn't that what we talked about yesterday? Yeah. My, my intuition keeps saying, now's not the time to worry and just it's not time to make that decision and just keep doing what you're doing. I think this is beautiful that it's telling you to do that, right? Because when you get real clarity around this stuff we're talking about right now, you'll be able to see the situation with clear eyes. And right now, up to this point, you haven't had that. So it's not the time to make it because any decision you would make thus far would be clouded by all of this guilt and ego shame around being so happy. Yeah. And a little bit of fear of like making the wrong decision. Yeah. There is no wrong decision, right? It's like you're going to put yourself in a life sentence in prison. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> like if I go back, it has to be forever. And if I stay here, it has to be forever. Neither is true. Living in the fog, living in the gray. That's life. Are you experiencing joy right now? Yeah, definitely. 
then that's the whole reason you're there. That's why you came. Yeah, it is why I came. Two months before we, we made the decision to move abroad, I was suffering with depression uh, to the point of and severe anxiety. I was stuck at home. I couldn't go out. Massive anxiety attacks. And that's what led to, at the time, I called it running away. It wasn't running away because I dealt with everything before I left the UK, got myself healthy again. But having that focus, having something that I knew was going to be like the light at the end of the tunnel definitely helped. And I think there's a bit of that running away, eager script running around there as well. I ran away from, I guess, unhappiness. Who is to say that you should stay where something that's not making you happy? You could say it didn't align with your values, right? Is that saying you're running away from something that doesn't align with your values? Or does it mean you're moving towards something that aligns with your values? Yeah, definitely ran towards. Is that the big weight? Is that I ran away? I think maybe that's in there too. There's so much in there now that I'm properly thinking about it. It's so funny. I thought that I had this all sorted out. You're just seeing it from a higher perspective than you were before. When you're at the level of the problem, you're solving it with the problem, which is just creating more problem. (laughs) So now you're looking and you're able to see, oh, wow, that's how I was seeing things. Your awareness is being opened up more and more. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's something I just want to kind of like shed a little more light on. Who is to say that because others' experiences are X, that your experience needs to be the same when the truth is we all have our own intuitions to listen to and our own internal fulfillment from following that intuition? It seems like there might be some guilt around the fact that you've had the choice and taken the choice to follow yours. And it's led to this feeling of positivity. And we're not going to judge whether other people are or are not following their intuitions. But if they are following them, they have this just as much access to peace, joy, and fulfillment as you. Because this is what's so true. In Africa, I just was talking to someone. I'm going to Ghana coming up. And she's telling me about the experience. And she said, you know, they don't have the same resources that we have here in America, but they're experienced day to day. Now, these are not starving children, right? There's always Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but the people that she was speaking to that had such beautiful culture and warmth and love, she said their experiences, their emotions are more positive than many Americans she knows, and they have much less, and they don't expect it. They don't need the other things to provide that emotional stability that we're seeking from so much more than what they are. So ultimately, if we have our basal needs covered, then after that point, and even during that point, it's up for us to listen to our intuitions. And it's not up to you to live anyone else's life for them or for yourself for them. Yeah. It's okay to be happy. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. What's the ego say? My ego is going. (laughs) The ego is is just quacking away about expectation. and Whose expectation? Who's coming up? Who's showing up? Like family expectation, I guess, of like grandparents, I guess, of what my life should look like, which surprises me because I don't think anybody has ever given me that viewpoint, ever. That's definitely coming up. And then it's just the guilt of not being there, I think. What's so bad about not being there? So part of it is feeling like I'm not helping out with things like family, you know, when people get ill, grandparents are getting older, helping out with my nephews, missing out on them growing up, like that kind of absenteeism. But again, like, all coming from me that's not coming from anyone else are those values because that's the thing you can look at if this is a value you not living it is innately unfulfilling now if it's that that's something to consider and your intuition will show you like hey that would feel a lot better for me to be there with them or it could also be just not right now right like you could just stay a little longer and still go back and help out it doesn't even have to be a little i don't even want that term on it because then we're going to keep having that little get extended You can stay where you are as long as your intuition tells you to, and you have full permission to leave the moment it says go. Yeah. I haven't asked my intuition that question. Which question? About staying or going. Oh, you haven't? Not in a, is it a value? I've asked the question about making a decision from a career point of view, making a decision from a relationship point of view, but not, does that align with my values? That is actually the reason that you're thinking about going back in the first place. Yeah. That's the only reason that you're actually feeling off at all, it seems. I think there's also a, I don't know, I really, I'm... You don't need to know right now. You can keep collecting data. Yeah, flummoxed. (laughs) 
Yeah, you don't need to know. I'm not trying to help you decide whether to stay or go right now. Yeah, no. I'm not trying to because your intuition would tell you if it was time to figure that out. It's not. Yeah, it's not. I know that. Okay. I've been asking that one daily. (laughs) Yeah, but you can look at those values are important to you, it seems, or it could be ego shooting on you. You should value these things in a way that, and it doesn't mean you can't value them and adapt them to your current circumstances, right? Yeah, I think that that would be the way forward for the present moment anyway. Even if the intuition said it's time to go now, the circumstances wouldn't allow for that, that there would have to be time. So even in the present moment, it would be better to adapt to the situation to align with the values better than, I guess, burying my head in the sand and spending all of my time focusing on the gluten-free food and the social exercise and (laughs) looking up the recipes and finding out. You'll do those things, right? Yeah. You're going to do those. That's not going to be hard for you. You enjoy it. There's not a lot of resistance there. This is where the resistance is. No, this is the resistance. And also open up the perspective. So from a high energy level, not a low, which low is like, I have to be there or I'm not at all. That's the only way I can live those values. Okay. Let's get creative given your current circumstances. Let's say your intuition tells you to stay. You could go back more often. You could go back for a special birthday party for one of your nephews. If they're old enough, you could fly them out to Vietnam potentially. You could engage with them on Skype in a fun way that you haven't been doing before. There are so many more ways you can engage while you're still there than I think your ego is giving you permission to. No, my ego has been hiding from the problem, yeah. Actually, you know what's interesting? What just came up to me? You looking at social media of what they're doing and looking at a photo is you missing engagement with them. What if you directed that? Instead of focusing on the photos of them and what you've missed, you focus on how you want to engage with them where you are. Yeah, that would make much more sense. (laughs) Like you could talk to them on Skype at that time of day if that worked out instead of watching pictures of what you've missed. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah, that feels like it would be a really good way forward. There's been a lot of, I guess, ego, ego bully. And I'm just, my ego is a bully. <laughs> it's scared and it's trying to keep you safe. And it thinks that be being so strong, it's going to keep you safe. That's funny that you said that. That's what people say to me all the time. You don't have to be so strong. It's just your ego is trying to keep you safe. Yeah. I think this is a beautiful place that you're in right now because you are blessed with the gift of awareness. And at first it feels like a curse because it was easier before just to think about how I'm lazy. (laughs) And that's all it is, right? In some ways there's like ignorance is bliss. You're like, I'm just going to beat myself over that stick and I'm just going to keep trying to effort my way there. And at the same time, it's not really getting to the root, which means it's not really going to go away. It's a -a whack-a-mole. You're going to get this thing done and then it'll come up somewhere else. Yeah. So the awareness is actually the first step. And giving yourself tons of compassion once you have the awareness is the next step. It's not to actually change anything. It's just to start giving yourself awareness because the first thing the ego ironically wants to do is beat yourself up once it has the awareness. Yeah. My ego is not saying, why didn't you figure this one out sooner? (laughs) Yeah, right? It'd be like, you know what? When you know better, you do better. Done. I'm glad I figured this out now instead of end of November when I have to decide whether to stay or go. Yeah. You figured this out six weeks ahead of time. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not tomorrow. You don't have to make the decision tomorrow. You have six weeks to fully engage in your values in the present moment, given your circumstances. And I think that's going to be hugely wonderful data for you. That's going to really give you a feeling of whether to stay or go. And also, it's not forever. No decision is forever. The minute you hear it, Leanne, you could leave. If you heard it mid-semester or a month after you said yes, there is nothing keeping you there. They're not going to imprison you. You can get out of it and go home. Let's remove the limiting belief that this has to be a full school year. Would you like to? Yeah, but is it important enough to not follow your intuition? No. No, no, that's true. Nothing's more important than following your intuition. If someone got ill in your family and like seriously you needed to go back, there would be no hesitation. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? So let's not make this like I have to do anything. You don't, you're choosing at every moment to stay or go. And right now you're choosing to stay and be with this and see what is next for you every moment at a time. 
Does that take any pressure off, hopefully, as you have this awareness? That's what I'd love for you to feel is a sense of peace, awareness, compassion, and presence. Yeah, I definitely feel more peace. Also a little bit shaky. Finally, I guess, getting to the root of the issue, but peaceful. I'm going to go one level deeper. So who do you think you are deeply most seeking love and approval from? I think myself, but I'm not giving it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you deeply want that and that's what you deeply care about. But right now, what's operating? Whose love and approval is actually operating your ego right now? I think what I perceive to be coming from friends and family back home, but it isn't true. I know that it isn't true. This is the same thing that happened for Charlotte or Charlie. She had her boss and her coworkers, she thought, had all these expectations on her workload and how she worked at work. And when we actually talked about it, it's exactly what you just said. She thought it was these people in her life, but when she actually looked at the reality of it, it was not them at all. And they had continued to tell her it wasn't (laughs) true. And she continued to ignore it, just like you're doing. Literally the exact same thing. So please know you're not alone. (laughs) That's something. (laughs) So there's a fake family in your ego's head. Yeah, they're mean. (laughs) There's fake family that's so mean. Who would would even want to be a part of that family that's saying, do what we want you to do. Do what we want you to do. We don't want you to be happy or listen to yourself. We don't want you to listen to your intuition. We are so selfish that we're trying to push our needs on you. Now, that does actually happen in some families. So I'm not saying that's actually not reality for some people. But the beautiful thing for you is it's not true. No, it's not true. They're like so supportive. And my friends too. That's something to appreciate, not to feel guilty about either. Yeah, I definitely don't appreciate that enough. It probably feels guilty. Like, who am I to have this wonderful, supportive people that just want me to be happy and they're happy to pick up the things that I'm not able to do because I'm here right now? There's a block to gratitude and appreciation right? You're blocking yourself from that experience, I'm guessing, by the guilt of not being there, which means you can't actually even appreciate your family as much as you deeply most do. Yeah. They just love you. They have no expectations on you. They're just there to support you. And that's probably a lot of guilt for your ego to take. So it sits and looks at Instagram and feels bad that it's not there. It's the only way it knows how to show appreciation is to feel guilty for it. (laughs) So crazy. It's so true. Imagine how much your heart would like almost break open if you allowed yourself to tap into their full support of you following your intuition and their full love for whichever decision or whatever you choose and how they're helping out, you know, because you're not there, they're doing it for you. How much like could you, I would just start crying, I think, if I thought about that, if I'm in your shoes, right? Uh Uh-huh. I'm very close. (laughs) But how beautiful is that? And how much are you closing yourself off to that amount of love with the fear? I don't know why. I'm wondering if it's because you haven't given yourself to love and approve of yourself yet. Because when you're getting that from that deeper part, which you know is there, you know that your intuition wants to get love and approval from yourself, not just your mean fake family that your ego is (laughs) invented. There really is, at the deepest level, no problem. There's only the dream of a problem. I'm creating my own pretend problem. Yeah, that's what the ego does. It thinks there's a problem because then it gets to be in control and keep you safe from its own problem. But it actually only exists because it needs to protect you from nothing. All is well. Everything is going to flow in time. And give yourself compassion when you watch this dream show up again. Yeah. You're just waking up to the dream. And shaking yourself out of it is really like if a little kid was having a nightmare and you shake them out of it, that's also scary, right? So we don't want to scare yourself away. We want to have compassion for that little kid that's crying in their dream. It's just a dream. But we don't yell at them or shake them out of it too strongly. We let them gently awaken and we soothe them from the dream. Yeah. You're exactly where you want to be in this moment. Yeah. All is well. All will continue to unfold in the perfect timing. I don't want to say perfect like ego perfect, but in beautiful timing. There is no limitation. There's only right now and living and fully engaging with this moment with compassion and love. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Good. Feels good. 
It's like we're cleaning out a wound, <laughs> right? There's like a scab and we're, we're cleaning it out so it's not going to stay infected. Yeah. It's actually so funny because I just had a facial two days ago for my acne and they were doing extractions. I don't know if you've ever had them, but when you have cystic acne, it's so painful. And I'm like, they had a like sheet over my eyes because of the light. And I was really grateful because like I was crying. I just like, I had, it hurt first of all. And I felt that pain so much because it was all over my face. There's so many extractions. They're so deep. And I was like, I feel like I'm being punished for trying to heal my hormones, right? I didn't have this before when I took a pill. It was less painful when I was just taking the pill, but that was really masking the deeper symptoms. And I know that it wasn't true. I wasn't being punished. It was just an experience of pain that I was having in that moment. But there's so much emotion to it. So I know it could feel like where you're like, man, it was easier when I wasn't extracting, right? But now that it's there, I want to have it cleaned out. I want the infection to go away. So you're not being punished just in case you might feel that way. I don't think you are, but I just had that experience of like that pain that kind of came out of releasing it. That wasn't fun, but my skin's clearer now and I'm hopefully going to continue to keep finding methods that continue to keep it clear and face the root of it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It feels better. I feel peaceful. Yeah. Good. And when the resistance comes up, just recognize some of these things and give yourself as much compassion, please, as possible. Yes. Yeah. You're doing a wonderful job. You're so considerate of everyone else. And what's beautiful is everyone's also giving that same consideration back to you. And you have the same ability to give yourself that same approval too. That I need to work on. You want to work on it, right? You don't have to. You could stay thinking you're lazy. You could keep thinking that. But we, you want to do this. This is stuff you want to do. Yeah, it is. I, I already wanted to do this. What's funny is that just today I was looking up like meditation all around this kind of thing. And I signed up to Headspace and I was looking on there. What can I do that's going to help me to give myself, you know, a bit more compassion, a bit more love? So it's funny that I was already looking for that today with before this. You knew. So, yeah, before I figured this out. So Headspace for me, but the one that I've done, and I don't know if they have other ones. I've done their free 10-day thing that gets you into it. I think it's a great starting point. But my suggestion would also be to see if that, if it's feeling like you're jam and you're flowing with it, go with it. But if it doesn't focus, like I don't remember any focus on love and approval or loving kindness meditation. Yeah. There's one that's called compassion. So do that one a lot. I would say like the ones that cultivate that, I never found that in my trial that I had in Headspace. So as long as there's something that's, I would just suggest like focusing on those aspects, I think it's wonderful to do meditation in any form that feels good. But especially right now, I'm becoming super aware of the positive effect of ones that meditate and ruminate and continue to support love, compassion, empathy and kindness towards ourselves and others. It's like doing the same thing and at the same time cultivating a heart space within us that is going to help us as much if not in some ways, in different ways, I would say more like better, but just different than the observation of thought without any attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing great. (laughs) Thank you. Do you believe that? (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) I was going to say, I could tell by the thank you. I was like, she doesn't believe that. She's just saying that. So I stopped talking. Yeah. (laughs) I will work on believing that. You want to work on believing that. I do. Well, what is your ego saying that's not true to that? What does it say that's not? Why is that not true to your ego? That's resistance. Why is it resisting that thought that you're doing great? It's funny when you were saying about um, showing compassion to other people. My ego's like, no, just being selfish, like. That decision of being away, you know? Well, it's selfish if you go back, by the way. Let's just shed some light on that crapola. <laughs> okay? It's selfish of you if you go back. It's selfish of you if you stay. Yeah. Okay? It is. And people are going to go, how is that true? Okay, if you go back, it's because you're selfishly wanting to avoid the feeling of guilt and shame that you've put on yourself. No one else has even put that on you. But you're selfishly going to feel better you think, by doing that. So it's still selfish because it's still you feeling better because you're doing something. 
And I'm not saying selfish is bad. I think Americans, especially in society right now, see selfishness as bad. But I said this a little yesterday. I'll just say it again here. Selfishness coming from the intuition is altruistic for everyone involved, but also not going to coddle other people and try to be their alignment for them. Okay? Yeah. So selfishness from the intuition is going to make sure that you're living your deepest values in the present moment. And when you're coming from a high level, that selfishness actually benefits others. When you're selfish from the ego, there's a sense of lack and not enoughness. And there's this fear-based selfishness. So selfish in intuition is love. Selfish in ego is fear. So what we are calling selfish as a society is because we're not even really aware of the intuition at all. We're just saying selfishness is bad because we're all predominantly coming from egoic selfishness. Yeah. But it is actually just as selfish. If you think about the idea of Christianity and going to heaven, if you do all these things to get to heaven, that's delayed gratification. You're still doing things selfishly so you get into heaven. You're doing unselfish, quote unquote, which is really just intuition, love-based things in the present moment, selfishly, so you get to a good place later. And when you know that it feels good to do things for other people, when you do them, you feel that feeling, that's because it's intuition tapping into its love based on the contributions of people that have supported the company, right? I have been donating a portion of those proceeds, 10% of revenue towards Pencils of Promise. I don't look at that as unselfish. I see that as selfish. I wanted to do that. If I wanted to do it, it's selfish. What's beautiful is that because of my selfishness, because I wanted to do that, so many people are going to benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. That's intuition selfishness. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to be selfish. That's totally selfish. It's selfish to me when I pick up the trash on the street. I love doing it. And at first I used to do it for other people. And then I realized, no, that's so fake. Like no one cares if I pick up the trash or not. I'm doing it now because I want to. And if I don't want to do it, I don't do it. Does that change anything for you? Yeah, it does. So it's selfish, good or bad, but following your intuition is going to lead to positive selfish circumstances for yourself and others even though their egos may not like it. So you could have a grandma that's like, oh, you're being so selfish. And she's really, what, is she looking at? Where is she coming from? That's so selfish of her to put her own expectations on you. Mm, Yeah. You have to do what I want you to do or you're selfish. That's actually the complete opposite of selfishness. Like the other person's being selfish. You need to kick up the clothes on the floor for me to be happy. Who's being selfish? The person dropping the clothes on the floor, the person that's telling the other person they have to do something so they can be happy. I really like, really different way of thinking about it. (laughs) I know, right? It's not the level of consciousness that our society typically lives at. But the cool thing is, if you're coming from a high place, then your grandma, in that case, would say, I really want, like, let's say she's coming from her intuitions, selfishness. She would say, I really want you to be happy. Potential, this could be potential. Intuition could say, I really want you to be happy and I want to love and support whatever, because it feels so good for me to know my granddaughter is so happy that I selfishly want her to do whatever she can or whatever I can do to help her to have that happiness versus you have to make me happy by doing what I want you to do, which is ego selfish. And then in the socks case, if you're feeling really good and you're coming from an intuition place, you're like, I selfishly love how happy my partner is when they're happy. It's easy for me to pick up the socks on the floor or the trash on the street. It makes me feel good to know that by doing this, I'm going to like keep making their day and my own because I'm making their day and I know that I'm helping them. Yeah. Still selfish either way. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's impossible for us not to have self-interest. You can even die for someone. And in that case, you're still self-interested because the idea of not doing that feels worse than the idea of doing it because you want to help that other person to the point where you're willing to sacrifice your life for them. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You should celebrate that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just like selfishness has just been branded as ego only. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you giving yourself permission to be selfish, which is finding your own internal alignment, is going to inspire people potentially that are ready for that in their own lives. You're showing them that it's possible to do that themselves, but it's not about the reason you should do that, but it may be one of the outcomes. Some egos might resist it, but that's their egos. They're going to resist anyways. (laughs) 
And you're going to come from a high place. It's going to give you a lot of, I think, creativity and flexibility around this choice for you and how you engage with your family. Yeah, I think that's what's been missing. Yeah, you're like, I have to just look at the pictures and feel sad. Well, there's many more options than just that, right? You could go back more often. You could bring them out here. You could Skype with them. You could be a pen pal. You could send them fun, different foods from Vietnam and recipes and how to do it at home. Like there's so many ways you could engage from that level of uh, intuition selfishness that you're not able to access right now because the ego is keeping you in ego selfishness from the fake family that doesn't exist. How does that idea feel? That idea of that intuition, alignment, selfishness? It feels good. It feels like it feels like a weight has been lifted that I didn't realize was there. Yeah, I remember talking with you yesterday about the gorilla off your back. Uh-huh, yeah. It's gone. It's not there. You just thought it was there. And that's okay. We all have them. We just don't always see them where they are. Like misplaced focus. Yeah. But now you have the awareness and you can have the compassion. So when you see it, you can have compassion for it first. And I think as you just keep coming from this place of internal alignment and like fully living this, there's going to be so many new opportunities or ideas and creativity that might flow to you that will help you to engage more with the family and in your present moment. Yeah, that feels right. It's not all or nothing. It's one day at a time. And all is always unfolding in your favor. Feels, feels good. Okay, so as you go, what you're gonna do? Going back to our homework now, we've taken a tangent on the resistance thing, but this is this is the real resistance. So it's good. This is the real deal. Yeah, not that fake one that I wrote down here. Yeah, well, it's not fake. That's just the symptom. So what you now know is when you see these symptoms pop up. Mm, yeah. Right? When the symptom of laziness pops up, you know the root is somewhere under here and you know where to look and where to shine compassion. Okay? And then as you go through the flow, because we actually are thinking about your food, I'm guessing that you're going to start just like some days you'll eat an omelet, some days you won't. And some days you'll go you know, cooking and some days you, you'll just go out to eat. And it's going to be fine. You already are excited. There's no real issue about choosing gluten over non-gluten. So this is really pretty straightforward for this the symptoms are just like gentle reminders to look deeper to these things when you may not have the conscious awareness of them. These are just gentle reminders. And then you can keep flexing around. Maybe you find out gluten's not the only thing that makes you feel bad, or maybe gluten's not the thing that makes you feel bad. Then you'll change your doing habits in terms of food. And the resistance stuff, it seems like these right now are the resistances really that are coming up. But in the future, it could be a different resistance. But now again, you know that when you start overanalyzing your food choices, given your history, it's an invitation to look deeper and say, what is uncomfortable in my life right now? Could there be something connected to it? Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to hear what happens with you in all of this. Will you keep us posted? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. This has been a real pleasure and I'm just so grateful you got to share this with us and thank you for being so open about what you're going through. I think that a lot of people can relate to this in some way or another. Thank you for uncovering the real resistance. 